You are listening to the MJ Sportscast. Recapping the latest games, getting you up to date on the latest sports news, and providing our exciting Bay Area picks. This is the MJ Sportscast with your hosts, Mike Tang and Jerry Yang. All right, welcome everybody to the Yang and Ting Show. How's it going, Mike? Uh, it's going well, Jerry. How are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. And today we have a special guest with us, Justin West, Justin Wong. How's it going, Justin? Welcome going back, on, guys. No, yeah, it's good. It's good to be back. I'm I'm used to the podcast setting, so to do this live, <laughs> and the video, and all that on this YouTube, uh, pretty cool. I, I've been meaning to try it out, so thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, no pressure, no pressure, you know, like first time's uh, always a charm, so. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, where we got comments, we have Robert Robson, what's up, Ying and Tang's up with them Warriors, so we'll get to the Warriors, definitely, so thanks for tuning in, Robert Watson. That was a tough game. All right, yeah, so have you been following the Warriors, uh, Justin, this year? How, uh, how are you feeling about them? We can start with that instead of uh, NFL. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we'll man. get into the NFL later, but yeah, let's just talk about the Warriors real quick, because we had a real really good playing game yesterday and yeah what do you think you know o- overall i mean kind of going back to how the season started with clay's injury and, and all that and just the ups and downs of this team you know james wiseman kelly Ubre, just figuring out mm-hmm. what's a good rotation and what works now obviously like the last two weeks to end this season they have an eight-man rotation no Ubre, no wiseman due to injury um you know the team started to play really good ball um Obviously, props to Seth Curry and his MVP candidacy. Uh, shout out to Jordan Poole stepping up, taking big shots. Uh, mm-hmm. Bigger shout out to Andrew Wiggins, really getting comfortable with his role and becoming like the number two scorer. But uh, you know, um, good for the team. Good for for, for this young developing team uh, that are being led by the veterans, which is Draymond Green and Stephen Curry. Um, still tough though, man, because like. <laughs> I, I you know, they, they had like 15 turnovers in the second half that I know. That, that killed me because even for like halftime they were up but i felt mm-hmm. that they should have been up more you know they were just yeah. in the game i think they gave it up in the third quarter right i think the third quarter was really the pivotal moment where offensively i think was where we really screwed up right i think defensively wesh did a pretty good job but we just can't give up free buckets like um and have to finish plays so mike i guess um what do you think about the game did you watch the game yesterday too i think yeah you did, right? yeah i think uh i think the whole state watched that game right <laughs> last night um here um, if you're a fan, bounce, of course can't miss. i mean just to bounce back on uh you know justin's analysis of the season uh you know you're pretty straight you know you're pretty straight on about that um you know we talked about it in our previous pod jerry you know this team is a very inexperienced team Right. Besides yeah. Draymond Green, besides Steph Curry, uh, and besides Looney, right? So you yeah. you have guys like mm-hmm. yeah, you guys you, you we have guys who have never really played many playoff games before. You know, Wiggins played maybe one playoff game and and they lost in five games. This is mm-hmm. Pools, um, you know, first time playing out there. You know, Michael Motor should not be getting playoff minutes uh, last night, but he was right. So, you know, what we saw um, last night was kind of. Um, very similar to the regular season in which, you know, they're a very con- inconsistent team, right? They're up by mm-hmm. 13. 
we thought that they should be up by 20, 25 points, right? And I think like um, Golden State Warriors fans, we've been very spoiled um, in the past because, you know, we've had great dynasty teams close out games like this, you know, by the third quarter. And by the time the fourth quarter comes around, this game should have been over, right? But we don't have guys like Andre Iguodala. We don't have guys like Kevin Durant um, on this team here. So, you know, this is just um, a rebuilding process basically um, here. So, you know, it, it kind of sucks because we had a 13 point lead and you can just feel that third quarter, the game, mm-hmm. like just getting pulled away by the Lakers um, here. Yeah, exactly. We were getting kind of owned on the boards. I feel like, right. Like I think that was the main thing too. Like our yeah. size really, really shows up. You well, know? you can like, also, you can also see the intensity that the Lakers brought on the defensive end. Coming oh yeah. yeah. Third quarter, and that just kind of blew the Warriors away. We had like, Eight turnovers in that third, in that second half, of the third quarter there, um, and they they scored like I don't know they they brought that thirteen point lead down to like three in a span of like three minutes, mm-hmm. and by then you're like okay, dude, does Steph Curry by himself have <laughs> enough to bring this to bring this team back? No. You know, so yeah. it's yeah. very tough. And and the, and at the end of the day, we still have Memphis coming up on Friday, so it's time to that's get right. excited for that as well. Not See, dead yet. I think that's that, that's that's a good part about this play-in format. I, I personally like it because the top seeds do get a second chance, right? If it was just seven versus ten and nine versus eight, then that, the single elimination you're done, right? But at least you get the top two seeds a second chance. I think that's why the game against Memphis to close the season was so critical, is to be able to be in this position. And now we just have to win again, right? I think, and we barely won that Memphis game, actually, right? I think in the fourth quarter is where we actually pulled it out. So it's going to be a tough game tomorrow. I think um, I don't, I don't think we can underestimate um, the Grizzlies, but you know, let's. I guess one last thing I want to talk about yesterday's game is, come on, LeBron, like that flop at the end, like how distasteful was that, right? Like, what did you think about that, Justin? Do you think that was a real? eye injury or do you like soccer player exaggerated it <laughs> well I'll, I'll say this i mean you know uh lebron's just playing to the rules as in the same capacity as like james harden and a couple of hmm. uh, these other notable players in terms of the officiating but <laughs> thankfully and e- even uh even van gundy and, and all these other guys said, said on air like that's not a flagrant like it's a hard foul don't get me wrong but dre yeah. was going up he didn't he didn't do anything forceful. He didn't have any ill intent. Um, it was just a really hard foul. And thankfully, it was just a regular foul because, uh, to your point, if they gave him the flagrant one or, or something more than that, um, it would have been really... ejected. He would have been ejected, actually, because he already had a T right. early in the game. So he would have been ejected there. So I thought the officiating did a good job there. I think in the beginning of the game, they were really strict, right? I think there was yeah. a lot of whistles, a lot, and then near the end of the game, especially the let second half, they kind of let them play. Let yeah. them so play. I thought, I thought it was a great, um, it was a great uh, officiating job overall. So it would have uh, watered we, down the, the the Lakers' victory. I mean, obviously, I didn't want them to win, but if they, they would have won with that too, I mean, we'd be talking all, all about it if they <laughs> and they kicked yeah. out Raymond Green, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it reminded me of the Cavs uh, series. Remember, like, a couple years back where Draymond got teed up and then he yeah. had the limit on tees and then he missed uh, two games and um, the Cavs came back and beat us, right? So right. it would have been reminiscence of that thing. It's probably no, totally I think, I think for that instance, Jerry, I think the league actually suspended him willingly. It wasn't uh, due to uh, really? a amount of technicals there. So I think they suspended him for game five mm. when we were up, like, 
three two or something. Yeah, during those finals. Been, I mean, it would have been the same feeling if Draymond yeah. had gotten teed up. And then so, do you guys think if this was a regular season game, if that would have been a uh, flagrant one? You know, given tough, given today's <laughs> NBA, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. And even yeah. Ben, you mentioned like you could call it. I probably wouldn't, but you know, I mean, it looks it looked bad in real time, right? Real it, time. It looked it looked like a flagrant one, right? And then yeah. the way LeBron landed and the way he kind of oversold his injury, stayed on the floor for like a good two to three minutes there, and even was like, you know, kind of talking about his eye after he made that. Three-pointer, right? So, yeah, yeah. So Andrew Peterson says, uh, "The crybaby strikes again." You know, I think I was seeing that a lot on Twitter. Actually, <laughs> a lot of people calling him the crybaby. But to Justin's point, though, he's working the system and guys free throws, and he was doing everything he could to win. So, and he played a lot more minutes than I think he was originally supposed to, right? So he kind of pushed his body a little bit, I think, in that game to get that W. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and just to add to that, too. Oh, sorry about that, but um, I think it was around ten minutes left. Um, Kerr actually put Curry back into the game. Yep. You know, usually but, it's around the six thirty mark. I remember. And I they, they actually he put him in around, <laughs> around the ten minute mark there. So hopefully that doesn't hurt. You know, Curry in the next game there in terms of his stamina mm-hmm. or whatnot. But just something to keep an eye, keep an eye on. Yeah, Paul, uh, Andrew Pearson again says, Paul got hammered a lot last night with no calls, in my opinion. I don't think I saw that. I don't know if you guys did. I didn't pick up on that. I did see Paul overextend himself, though. I think it was his first playoff game. You can kind of tell he has that first game jitters or first game, like, over-enthusiasm, right? I don't know if you guys picked that, pick up on that. But to me, I felt like he was trying to do too much and... And he missed a lot of critical shots. I think if Clay was in that same position, Clay might have made his, those shots that he missed. Yeah, so. I mean, it's really tough to compare uh, Poole to you know Clay. Clay's caliber. And I thought <laughs> I, I know, thought that Poole played within the system. To be honest with you, um, mm-hmm. just to point out Andrew Peterson's comment about getting hammered. I think it was on that breakaway dunk. He tried to dunk it with yeah. one hand on there, and Van Gundy on the telecast, um, you know, agreed that that should have been called a foul. And I think right. that's what Andrew was pointing at, and. There was also a, a three-pointer that he tried to attempt late in the game that he missed too. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it kind of it's unfortunate, you know. The bounces don't go our way. Give him credit; he had a good look. Uh, he 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 did make mm-hmm. a big shot in the fourth quarter earlier mm-hmm. uh, before that possession. So, you know, uh, the thing about Jordan Poole is, you know, he's got that shooter's mentality. He uh, he's got the confidence. It's just a matter of, of putting it all together. Um, but credit to the kid. You know, especially in his first yeah, and uh, the experience is I think the experience helps, right? I think that's why I really do want the Warriors to advance into a seven game series. Even if we lose it, I think those minutes are invaluable. You know, like there's nothing like a playoff game that you can simulate in practice or the regular season. So a guy like Wiggins or Poole or even Juan Toscano, right? Like these minutes are I think like there's nothing replacing it. Right? Yeah. So and then when next year, once we are contenders and maybe add a few piece veteran pieces, hey, you know what? This this will be payoff uh, in the long run. Yeah. In the short term, it's kind of um, tough because if we won this game, we would be kind of on the softer 
um, side of the bracket in terms of facing mm-hmm. Phoenix in the first round. And if we get through Phoenix, then we would face the Blazers and Nuggets matchup. Right. Instead, Which I think if we, we have do, an advantage with, right? <laughs> instead, if we do advance to the eighth seed here, mm-hmm. uh, we would face um, the Jazz in the first round. Mm-hmm. And they've always been a pretty tough matchup. And going to Utah is always tough. And then after that would be the Clippers. So, yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, realistically, way, do we think we'll go far anyways? You know, to be honest with you, I don't even know if we can make it off the first round with Phoenix, you know? <laughs> so, we'll, we'll, go ahead, Justin. What were you saying? Via Twitter, they're saying that Donovan Mitchell, he's he's planning to play on Sunday, whoever, whether it be the Warriors or the Grizzlies. So, mm-hmm. they're yep. going to be ready, you know? Yeah. They'll be ready. They'll be ready for sure. And then Andrew Peterson says, hockey players get teeth knocked out and keep playing. LOL. Yeah, I agree. But this is not hockey. <laughs> I think basketball players tend to exaggerate a little bit, but I think it's working within the system of the refs. And at this point, you know, you can call them soft, whatever, but who cares? As long as you win the game. <laughs> yep. All right. So, anything else you want to say about the Warriors before we move on to the NFL draft? Any last thoughts? I guess we'll get into picks later. So, I have the game, um, the game's betting line. So, we'll do those picks. Um, but I guess what do you guys think about the coaching staff? Do you think there was anything they could have done differently? I personally thought no. And you mentioned they put in Curry early because they wanted to definitely win that game. It was within reach. I think if the Lakers somehow had like a double-digit lead, Curry wouldn't be in as early as he did, right? So I think that was one coaching move. But is there anything else that I'm missing that you guys thought Kerr and staff could have done more? I think my only gripe was playing uh, Michael Mulder, um, those oh, yeah. minutes there. Um, but it's tough when you're on an eight-man rotation. Basically, you you have three bench players in addition to your five starters, yeah. right? And I mean, who else of- would they put in there? Gary Payton? He's back, right? <laughs> Maybe Gary Payton is that what you're thinking? Or- yeah, Jordan Bell didn't get any minutes last nope. night here. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was even on the team a month ago, so, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's why, right? So, <laughs> but clearly, you can see Mulder; he's a little bit overmatched um, there, at least mm-hmm. defensively, and he just doesn't hit big shots when you need him to, right? Nope. Every time you watch a game the Warriors play, he makes like these shots that are, when the Warriors are up by twenty-five or something, right? But when we need a shot, Mulder cannot make a shot. At this point, it was yeah. And I think Wigan kind of disappears too, right? I think he started really strong in the beginning of the game, yeah. but then near the fourth quarter, it's like you get disappearing in Wiggins again. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, I guess one last question for you guys: Do you think Kelly Oubre would have helped if we had him in this game, or mm. do you think it wouldn't have made a big difference? I think that up to this point, because they ended the season collectively with their chemistry playing so well with their eight-man rotation. Um, Go with what works. You're you're here for a reason. That's the reason why. If you look at the mm-hmm. plus minus, as I'm sure you guys have checked out, the plus minus with James mm-hmm. Wiseman with Ubre was not good in comparison. No. <laughs> it's not good to what they've been doing now. So you know, I, I don't I don't blame Kerr. Uh, I I know where he's coming from. Uh, you got to go with what's been working, and you trust these guys right now. So it is what it is. You know, you got to ride and die with these guys. Mm-hmm. And I think it's in the best interest of both parties now that Kelly Oubre doesn't come back. 
I think one for Kelly Oubre's side for his health, right? Like I think he wants to recuperate and recover on his wrist and everything. And from the Warriors' perspective, he's probably not coming back next season. So what's the point of trying to develop him or have him gel further with the team if he's going to be gone? You know, I think it'll raise maybe Kelly Oubre's stock. But I don't know, even if it helps win games for the Warriors, we know they're not going to win the championship this year, right? So there's no no point in taking those develop- valuable development minutes away from maybe a younger player like Poole, right? So, But, I mean, you know, after this whole play-in, if they can make it past Memphis and they have a series, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if you saw Uri, but yeah. given the context of a play-in, all this right now, you got to go <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one game now, single elimination, yeah. right? Like yeah. Next, next game is do or die. So I really hope we get in. I, I think those development minutes, and you know, it's just more fun from us as fans to see them in the playoffs yeah. and at least contending. So it was the best play-in game ever in NBA history. <laughs> it was definitely prime time, right? That was yeah. like the marquee matchup: Steph versus uh, LeBron. Yeah. I don't think any other. Playing matches got that type of marketing, so it was. Uh, it's good to only see the Warriors as contenders are being marketed. I mean, last season when they sucked, it was like, it was yeah. like Warriors who <laughs> Steph who? <laughs> right? It was it was hey, a great timeout. You know, if like uh, six to eight weeks ago, you would have told us that they'll be playing in a play-in game, you know, going for the eighth seed here. <laughs> you know, I think we'll all take it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, of course. Even if we lose, I would still take it, right? Because it's like, at least we had two extra games, you know, out of the season, so. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. all right, let's move on to the NFL draft. I know it's been a while now. We had time to digest it, and since we have you on the show, Justin, um, I know you study the NFC West really closely, Mm -hmm. so maybe break down what you thought about the Warriors picks, and then how about the rest of the conference? I mean, the Seattle pretty much opt out of the draft, um, but <laughs> but what do you think overall? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, uh, I think you were talking about the Niners. So, I mean, the Niners, they pretty much stole the headlines for all the NFL coverage um, because they made their massive trade mm-hmm. a month before the NFL draft. And typically for these sort of blockbuster trades, you have like, I don't know, a week, two draft day, but they literally had four weeks of draft day coverage devoted to them. And <laughs> and the NFL loved yeah. it. They loved it because here's the thing. They didn't tell anyone who they're going to pick at, at, at quarterback. They mm-hmm. kept a tight lip. Well, not only that, they told everyone it is a quarterback, right? I yeah. think that's where the hype came in because everyone has high expectations now because now you're – you're trying to build a franchise quarterback on the team, and there's tons of speculation once that was announced. And to really, you know, having the Niner faithful feeling a certain way, you know, there were rumors, plenty, you know, Chris Sims, you know, Peter, mm-hmm. what have you, he's just saying, it's going to be Mac Jones. It's going to be Mac Jones, you know, at number five. Uh, <laughs> with really Lombardi. Lombardi still thinks it's Mac Jones. I think he sent a tweet out that, hey, I'm not wrong. It's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, they actually changed ship during the process, but it was supposed to be Mac Jones. I remember oh. that. Um, so all Do that. Do you think it was the right pick? Do you think it was the right pick going with uh, Trey Lance? Like, were you, what was your analysis of Trey Lance? So, you know, when it's all said and done, seriously, even Trey Lance didn't know until minutes before when he got the call. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the way I look at it is, you know, he's probably the biggest boom or bust prospect uh, out of 
the quarterback class. You know, there, there's five of them obviously mm-hmm. um, in the first round to uh, consider. But you know what? Their their intent, at least, I, I'm not going to knock them for it. Their intent was to get the home run hitter, the franchise mm-hmm. quarterback, the one that you have comparisons to Steve McNair, um, you know, Josh Allen, you know, that sort of quarterback with the mobility. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't fault them for the intent. Um, but at the same time too, he has the biggest bust factor as well, just because he Ooh. has, you know, <laughs> his level mm-hmm. of play, uh, it was at, I won't say an inferior competition, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, versus like your, your, your Alabama's Ohio States of the world, you know, um, apples to oranges and factor mm-hmm. in that he only played, uh, one game this past year, uh, for the 2020 season. You do have some concern, right? Um, yeah. mm-hmm. and so you're pretty much, and this is okay. That's why I don't mind the intent. You're pretty much putting it on Kyle Shanahan and their staff to develop this kid and put him in a good situation to succeed. And is he in a good, is he in a good situation? Well, hell yeah, he's in a good situation. I mean, um, he took, he took his all be better. <laughs> it was under center, uh, very play action oriented. A lot of the, the concepts of what he did in North Dakota States will translate to, to the Niners. And so mm-hmm. uh, he definitely has what it takes, and I don't fault him for it. Um, but on record, I wanted Justin Fields, but but mm-hmm. I certainly respect the pick. Well, he's in a good situation too with uh, the Bears. I think that's actually, you know, semi low pressure in some ways because they're winning games on defense, right? Their defense is really strong and. He does have to start right away, though, right? I think um, unless they're starting Dalton, Dalton's on their team now, so who knows, right? But I think he's in a decent situation compared to I, I would say the top two picks are probably in the worst situation in sure. a lot of ways because they have to start yeah. right away, right? Like with Jacksonville and with the Jets and Trevor, you know, you have Zach Wilson there and um, Trevor Lawrence, who are great talents, but the situation might not be favorable so and mac jones actually landed a great situation too with the patriots so I, I mean i mean typically um, speaking top five when you're top five you're 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 just supposed to be a bad team right you're <laughs> to be a bad team so for the right. niners the number three is a very unique situation yeah 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 the niners probably. they also face the bears um in the first half of the mm-hmm. season right so right. that's going to be interesting if um justin fields most likely you know wins that starting job right and let's say trey lance you know find some time to play in that game you know that's must see tv right there well the key yeah, thing is, uh, yeah. the niners bye week is week six so you know yeah. the transitioning if that were to happen, <laughs> right assuming jimmy g stays healthy until week six i mean that's also it's, uh it's, it's drawing a lot of similarities <laughs> um i believe in 2012 when colin kaepernick ah, was transitioning smith. you know <laughs> as a quarterback there you know exactly in yeah. favor of alex smith so i think he gets some snaps so trey lance like i think they'll use him you know like on certain plays just to get him warmed up a little bit right i don't think he's gonna start games yet necessarily but you know, play one or a few plays with him. I mean, why would he not? He's like six yeah. four, what three twenty? Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Do a couple handoffs and then do a play action here and there. I think that's a that's a good situation there. I think that's going to happen. You know, so we'll see. Yeah. But Justin, um, besides the San Francisco 49ers um, within the NFC West, which team in that division, um, you know, won the draft? Per what? your opinion. 
Yeah, well, I think it's kind of by default because here's the thing. Uh, you know, the Seahawks and the Rams, they were very aggressive uh, in prior offseasons trading for their guys, which is which is fine. You know, whether mm-hmm. you trade for Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford, Jamal Adams, mm-hmm. like, they pretty much used their, their premium draft capital to get veterans ready to play. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Seahawks, for example, they only had three draft picks. Um, the Rams, they didn't pick until like what uh, the third round. They're, so I mean, no, second round. They're in the second round. They they got a two two a two uh, out well. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. They did have a second round pick, um, which is a good pick. I like that pick. Two two was pretty highly touted. I think as one of the best wide receiver at the late second round. That's pretty good value. <laughs> I was surprised because you know he's like a Deshaun Jackson speedy guy, mm-hmm. but they didn't draft a single offensive lineman really. Um, that's true. So that that's that, true. that was that was my surprise with that class. Um, but the Cardinals, I mean, you know, the Cardinals, they, they obviously had your more traditional sort of draft mm-hmm. class. And I, I did like their draft class, you know, collectively. Um, I was kind of surprised that they got, uh, another, well, not, not another, but another hybrid similar to, to last year's draft pick in Isaiah Simmons. Uh, mm. they got David Collins out of Tulsa, um, kind of a, a physical specimen, fast, strong, you know, shifty mm-hmm. linebacker has some pass rushing capabilities. Uh, but the same thing as Simmons, a lot of versatility, you just have to put them in the right scheme. Mm-hmm. And considering that they also have, you know, Jordan Hicks, um, uh, Kennard, they, they have linebackers already. I thought that that was kind of a, a rich pick for them personally. Um, and it wasn't that deep. The, the linebacker class for this draft wasn't that deep too. So I was a little surprised it went that direction as well. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking more of a traditional pass rusher versus a, a linebacker. So there, there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, Rondale Moore, you know, speedy guy. Uh, I, I had no problem with that. I thought that was great value uh, to get him out of mm-hmm. Purdue to compliment Colin Murray. Um, you know, and all, all in all, thereafter that, they finally got uh, to the rest of their draft class with defense. Um, I thought that they were going to get a secondary, a cornerback earlier. Um, I would have taken – a cornerback in the first round, but that didn't happen. Um, but mm-hmm. overall, their, their class is, is respectable. I'd, I'd like to say. Okay. Okay. So you're 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 from what I'm hearing, you think the Cardinals probably did the best out of the four outside of the Niners, right? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, for for the Seahawks, you know, they they got a, the speedy kid out of Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's cool. Uh, Eskridge, West Western Michigan. Uh, Trey Brown. Yeah. Uh, I was actually surprised that they got Trey Brown cornerback in the fourth round because he's not your typical lanky, mm. he's in a boom, um, 6'2 cornerback. He's actually uh, more stout, uh, more of a physical sort of cornerback, which is interesting. And they got really good value in, in like the seven or round six uh, with, mm. with with uh, Stone Forsyth tackle in Florida. I right. thought he fell. He was supposed to be like a mid-round guy. So they, they did what, what they could. Um, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, and then and oh. going back to the Rams, Rams, most of their guys were like depth guys, special team <laughs> guys, uh, outside of Tutu. Uh, I was just surprised that they didn't get an off- offensive lineman, you know. Yeah, I think that was a big gap for them. So, yeah, I agree with you. That's a little bit surprised for them. So, I guess for the Niners, so going back to the Niners, who do you think will, outside of Trey Lance, like, which I think we already talked about, right? But out of that draft class, what was your you know, favorite pick and what was your least favorite pick from the Niners? Yeah. So favorite pick is Emory Thomas. Um, you know, mm. he's their highest defensive back outside of Akella Witherspoon. Um, mm-hmm. They typically don't 
up to this point in the Lynch yeah. era, they, they don't really draft defensive backs. So he was a, from what I understand, he was an Adam Peters pick. They had scouted him from afar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't play this year. Did, uh, he opted out because of COVID. Because of COVID, I think the mm-hmm. season before he was battling with some, some medical health issues, which is why right. he didn't play this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the time that he had at 2019, he was a difference maker, physical man press corner. Uh, mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. I think there was value. Had he played this season, he probably would have been like a like a second round pick. So I, I like where that where that where that was uh, heading for value. Um, mm-hmm. Big picture with this, I mean, shoots. Um, I was I was surprised, but now that I look at the class altogether, I can see their direction. I mean, shoot, they drafted two offensive linemen, <laughs> two, run, two running, two running backs. bats, um, and you know, and safety. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Given the direction of where they're trying to go with Trey Lance, I mean, they got more physical up front. Mm-hmm. They want to be a more physical brand of football. Mm-hmm. And they might be trying to zig while the NFC West is zagging because mm-hmm. a lot of the NFC West has speedy, Leo, athletic, undersized defenses. Uh, mm-hmm. Going their linebackers, their pass rushers. And so Aaron Banks, he's from Alameda, where my hometown is, by the way. Yeah, what are your thoughts about him? Because me and Mike are kind of split on him. I, I think Mike really likes him. But personally, I thought they reached for him. They probably could have gotten him in third round. But then if they did that, they probably wouldn't have gotten Trey Sherman. So maybe that's the plan the whole time. But, you know, there I would have wanted them to go cornerback there, right? Because I think they lost out on Molden. So I don't know. So what yeah. are your thoughts on him? That's what I'm saying. It, it was a pleasant surprise because they never invest in guards. They always just get by, mm-hmm. you know, some value signings, Brent Skill, Lake and Tomlinson and whatnot. But they finally, like, put some serious draft capital at a guard. Um, he's a bruising one. He's massive. Uh, but from what I understand, he does do well. He was graded out uh, positively on zone blocking mm-hmm. um, so, sort of situations. So mm-hmm. they, they believe that he's able enough at, at in their scheme but I think overall, you're just seeing them try to get bigger, more more physical up front. And I, I can understand if they're trying to build around Trey Lance, that's what they want to do. Um, right. And another big takeaway, too, is um, just looking at their draft class. Um, typically, they take some risks, like uh, Debo Samuel. Mm. Costa, like they have they, – they draft a lot of injured players with upside, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These guys, Trey Lance, Aaron Banks, Trey Sermon, Embry Thomas – when even even going to the to the fifth round pick in um in the cornerback from Oregon, so I looked at it pretty much all the starts that they had possible. He started every game; they didn't miss a single game. Mm, so right? they pick healthy guys or tried to pick as healthy as it gets. Because <laughs> here's the thing: I mean, you saw last season, right? Yeah, like they yeah. erased quickly. And even John Lynch alluded to saying, "Hey, we did change a couple things on our our, our scouting regimen of how we evaluate players." Yeah, I think the only guy that was somewhat injury concerned was Talanua, right? I can't pronounce that guy. The safety from USC that Mike likes. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. a very physical guy, but there was some injury concerns, but he stayed healthy for the whole season. The last season he played, I think. So that's probably why they were like, "Okay, he's probably good to go." But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, so it I, does sound like you um, encouraged the Aaron Banks pick, right, Justin? Yeah, <laughs> you're on the side of Mike. <laughs> at first, I was like, oh, well, they, they got a guard. But um, the more I look into it, when you look at the whole class as a whole, mm-hmm. like I, I, I get it. Yeah, um, got it. And I think 
at the time, I was just like, well, they better get a cornerback. But at the end, they drafted two cornerbacks to safety. So they got three defensive backs, two offensive linemen, two running backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's um, that's good to put in the cupboard because um, they might not all play this year. Maybe Trey Sermon will. Um, but well, I think they probably will play Aaron Banks at least, right? At least Aaron some Banks, play. He, he might not start, but he'll be He should there. take the right guard spot yeah. to your points. But I think overall, mm-hmm. I mean, I like that they got their defensive backs later in the rounds to develop this year because the rest of their, their secondary, they're on one-year deals right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And I thought the 49ers, they crushed this offseason in terms of re-signing all the current free agents or at least like most of the top ones on there. And in – when they were able to do that, then they were able to, you know, trade up the first round pick to get mm-hmm. a quarterback, right? Yeah. And I just thought they crushed it. I thought I thought the 49ers, if I were to give them a grade in terms of their draft, it would be like a B or so. And mm-hmm. then um, with their free agent class, I think they I think that I'll give them an A minus, to be honest with you. What are your thoughts about that, Justin? If they didn't re-sign Trent Williams. They wouldn't have done the Trey Lance trade. I mean, yep. you needed reassurity at the line. Right. Jimmy G in the present. You needed to get this done because if not, there's a big, big gap, right? Plan, yeah. plan B will be nowhere near to plan A of retaining Trent Williams. Yeah, I mean, like we might be talking about Rashawn Slater as our first round pick, right? I mean, you almost, true. you almost kind of have yeah. to up to that point, but because they got. They took care of business. Even some of the Raiders sightings in Maurice Hurst and Arden Key, like um, they addre- they addressed the defensive line in the offseason with some value signings so they can mm-hmm. do other things in the drafts. And mm-hmm. that's okay, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Lynch did a really good job. Yeah, I think – so I guess my question is, do you think Richard Sherman's coming back? I think there's still rumors sizzling about that. I personally don't think so, but um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think actually, uh, more likely than nuts, from what I understand, it was like the Niners, the Raiders, the Seahawks, um, you know, in consideration, but all things considered, I mean, if you want to, he doesn't have that much time left. If he wants to go into a system that's, that's ready to win, it's either going to be the Seahawks or the Niners. I just don't know how his relationship is with Pete Carroll up to this point, Mm -hmm. but you know, I, I think that if he really does want to get back into football. Um, the Niners have a really good shot. Really good shot. Yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of teams knocking on his door this time yeah. around. He doesn't only have a what, choice, maybe. <laughs> yeah, what is he, like 32, 33 years old yeah. on there? You know, coming off a couple injuries. Injured, so, not that much salary cap, COVID three, three. season. I mean, do you think Richard Sherman not having um, an agent throughout this process has hurt him in terms mm-hmm. of – you know, going to a team and getting a, 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 a contract? You know, uh, tough tough to say. Um, I know that when you retain the services of Richard Sherman, you get not only the player, but you get everything around him, which is which is good. Very yeah. knowledgeable, media-friendly. He's always got something to say, so maybe that came into consideration as well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, uh, I, I think that's... Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So I guess my last thing is, in terms of uh, rumors, free agency rumors and trade rumors, I think there's one that's really heating up and that's really interesting to me is Julio Jones. I'm, I'm not sure you heard, but Atlanta only has around 460 k in salary cap and Julio Jones is, I think, on the second to last year of his contract. 
And the Niners still have 17 million left in the cap. And right now, um, Julio Jones commands a $15 million contract this year. So I think the rumors are definitely heating up for him to possibly rejoin his uh, former offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan. So um, have you looked into that? Is there any thoughts around that? Yeah. Uh, just to clarify, I thought his base salary was 23 mil. Was it 23 mil? Oh, it was only a 15 mil head um, cap hit for the year. I okay. think that's what people are saying. Maybe it's okay. like incentives, everything else. Okay. It turned out to be 23, but it was 15 cap hit. Okay. I think, you know um... – from what I've been hearing, uh, market trade compensation, second round pick, and maybe a player um, mm-hmm. certainly can be done. Um, I guess what player, right? I think that's the part that worries me. I mean, you're not going to give up Fred Warner, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that, because they're yeah. a rebuilding team. I mean, would you trade a second round and and Debo or Ayuk? Probably not, but you know. Um, it's, it's <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of rumors about trading Moster away because we have so many running backs. Right. So right that's right. a guy that might be, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's certainly possible. Uh, I also wouldn't be surprised if, like, I don't know, the Ravens or the Patriots mm-hmm. uh, made, made a move. I know that they're pretty savvy uh, getting notable veterans. Um, yeah. It's in, yeah, it's, in play. it's in play. I think the top rumor team to take them is the Chargers right now, right? I think that's the that's the biggest one that I'm, I'm reading at least that they're looking at, you know. So, and they have a lot of a big um, cap as well. They have like twenty point four million. Same with the Colts. So yeah. I think those two are automatically you know in the picture. But you know who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It would be nice to, though to have him reunite with Kyle Shanahan. That would be very. Uh, yeah. coming up coming full circle for sure it'll be yeah, like the emmanuel sanders thing right i think sorry to cut you off yeah it's um, just but... really tough because like which asset are we really willing to give up for mm-hmm. jones right and you mentioned it justin i don't think we can name someone off the top of our head that we can just kind of provide the Fal- you know the falcons in a trade scenario for for jones so yeah. i think that's the hold up there and most likely he's probably not coming here to be honest with you you know and are we willing to give up a second year. Yeah, we're willing to give up what a second round pick, too, in addition to that um, asset as well. Maybe, maybe a second rounder and, and a mid round. I don't know, right? Yeah, yeah. How many picks do we have left to give up, right? Because we already gave up the f- first rounds for the next two years, so it's um, you know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you, you also have to keep in mind Julio Jones is getting up there in age too. Mm. He's like thirty three um, years old right now, so he's approaching his mid thirties, and he he also has an injury history. Too right, like right, he misses a, a ton of games each year lately, so that's something to also factor in. And there's a reason why he's on the chopping block, right? Is because I think the Falcons are moving away from him with Robert Gagne and Calvin Ridley. There, I think they're looking looking younger without Julio. So, yeah, why not? I mean, here's the thing: we haven't even gone to, to preseason training camp. Uh, an injury might push things in and get a deal done. I don't know. Yep. Right. That is true. That is very true. Yeah. Yep. All right. So I know we didn't really have this plan, but let's talk a little bit about baseball. So I don't know, Justin, if you follow baseball at all, but um, the reason why I bring it up is, you know, the Giants are in first, and this weekend it's the Dodgers versus the Giants. Big yeah. Series. First game, actually, this season, which is I'm really surprised by. I, 
Like normally, I think the Giants start the season with the Dodgers, but this year, because of the scheduling, the way it worked out, you know, it's going to be a three-game series, I believe, with um, with the Dodgers. So, uh, how much baseball have you been following, Justin? Just want to get your gauge on it. It's okay if you haven't, because I think we can, me and Mike can talk extensively about baseball, especially Mike. But uh, just want to get your pulse on that. <laughs> uh, de- decent amounts, not maybe not as in depth as football, obviously, or or basketball. Yeah. But you know, I've been pleasantly surprised with the Giants uh, for Farhan just being patient. I know a lot of fans mm-hmm. were. Already ready to like get out of it. The patience I, is not there, right? Because I think everyone wants a win now. And exactly. hey, guess what? The Giants are winning. And I think the series will be great. I think it'll be a good indicator of where we are, right? I think a lot of people are looking the Dodgers to sweep us, actually, right? I think there's a lot of writers, a lot of commentators are saying, okay, this is going to be the turning point where. You know, the Giants' number one title gets handed off. But to me, I don't buy it, right? I think we're probably going to split the series either way, right? Either we split with us winning two or they win two. So I guess, Mike, how do you like our chances? Against the Dodgers in general or for the regular yeah. season? Just the um, series, just a three-game series for this weekend. Like, what do you think? Well, I think a good indicator is, you know, how we faced uh, the San Diego Padres, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and we've com- and we've competed against the Padres, and the Padres have you know comparable talent to the Dodgers. Maybe a little less, but they have comparable talent to mm-hmm. them. And the way the Giants have been playing, they've been winning due to starting pitching, and um, and better hitting. And they've also been hitting w- more home runs in the past couple of seasons as well. In addition mm-hmm. to that, we also have Buster Posey, who's getting healthy, and oh, Cropper, and, and he's Cropper's hitting, and he's and, and Posey's hitting over three seventy. What a year! Oh, yeah. The rest to get himself back. Right. Know. He's hitting he's over 370, yeah. and he's on pace to hit over 25 home runs for this season. So don't be surprised if you know um, the All Star game consists of Gosman, Kevin Gosman as a starting pitcher, mm-hmm. and Buster Posey as a starting catcher. You know who would have thought that coming into this regular season? No, no way, right? I do think I do think that I think we will compete against the Dodgers. I'm not going to say they're going to win two out of three games. I'm here, but we're going to compete. And that's all that that's all that we can ask for as fans. Yeah. And there's a lot of talks about Bauer, right? They're saving Bauer for the Giants. So that should be interesting to see how he plays too. So I guess the exciting part about the series is it's going to feel like a playoff series, right? I think this is like a good indicator of how we would do if we were to make the playoffs and we have to play the Dodgers, you know? So it's good to get this warm up early. And right now we're red hot. I mean, we just beat the Reds 14 to two or whatever, right? At least yep. that was the last four I yeah, saw. They just before we jumped on. Yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, like, and the Reds are a decent team, right? They're not a pushover too. So I think we're, we're at least going into the series really hot, and I think the Dodgers are actually going in pretty cold. So we'll we'll yeah. see how it goes. Well, I mean, something to keep in mind: we've only played a quarter of the game so far. We played forty games this season. Know. You know, can you imagine we have to play one hundred twenty more games of this, right? <laughs> and trying to sustain this pace in a long baseball season, it's pretty difficult, right? right. And we do have a pretty, um, you know, our, the the roster is pretty uh, pretty old as it is, right, especially on the offensive end. So we need to get those guys – we need to have those guys stay healthy, and we need the starting pitching to kind of sustain, you know, what they've been doing too. And the bullpen. 
the bullpen too, right? The bullpen has always been an unknown, right? Like Duvall, I mean, every time I see him come up, I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> 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 high stress, high, you know, all that stuff. So we'll see how it goes. At least the series is at home, right? So, I mean, normally I would want to go to this game, but can't make it this weekend. But this will be, I think it'll be a hot ticket item. And this will be a primetime game, I think, for MLB. So it'll be, yeah. be fun to watch. Okay. Um, all right. Um, I know we like to talk about the A's here sometimes. Do you have any thoughts on the A's, um, Mike? I know we weren't. Um, lately, they've been struggling a little bit, but they've been playing the Astros pretty mm-hmm. tough. So that's not an easy team to to beat. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on how the A's have been playing? I just think they've been very streaky. And I, th- mm-hmm. I think they've also been hit with injuries, um, mm-hmm. too, especially to their closer um there so yeah. that's kind of um pushed them back a little bit but they're streaky and they're usually or historically they've always been kind of like a second half team right where right. they kind right. of hover around like 500 you know playing 400 ball and then all of a sudden they like win 80 percent of their games in the second half so you know that's something to watch out for um do you guys yeah. think like this whole you know threat to move you know out of oakland do you think <laughs> Do you think that affects the players at all in in these type of situations here? Or it should do they, they, yeah. I don't think so. I think it affects the fans more than the players. Yeah. <laughs> the players probably don't care because players move around from team to team all the time, right? So I mm-hmm. think their loyalties are with their hometown. So maybe if someone was Oakland, maybe. But then I think it's a job, right? They're going to play at the same level. They're looking out for their own career. But, I mean, Justin, what do you think? I mean, would you, would you, yeah. even going from A, double A, triple A to to the show. I mean, it's it's a part it's it's part of the system. Um, unless they're like re- true true Oakland lifers, but there's not that many in terms of the roster. If you catch my drift, um, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. All right. Um, any last thoughts, Mike? Before we move on from these, um, I no, guess ready to move on to the next segment here. Yeah, all right. So let's move on to our picks, right? Okay. So we talked about the Warriors. We talked about the Grizzlies. And right now, let's just go with um, the Warriors minus three and a half versus the Grizzlies. And the mm-hmm. over-under is 222.5. So as our guest of honor, Justin, do you want to be the first to, to kind of pick? Uh, what do you think? You know, I think... I'll go with the Warriors with the three and a half, but I don't feel too confident about it. Mm-hmm. I feel that um, I mean it's going to be a much tougher game than their last matchup. Um, I am I am curious to see you know uh, Jared Jackson Jr. Um, how he matches up this time around. He's obviously he's um, he's been hurt all year. He's been playing well the last ten games going to end the season and whatnot. But I think he's like kind of like their dream on green as a versatile vendor. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a bunch of tween- tweener guard boards and like Clark, Dillard, um, Anderson that that match up very well. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if the Warriors continue to shoot the way they have, um, they should take care of business. Um, the Grizzlies, you know, they don't have shooters of, of that capacity. They're more of a gritty team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be close just because both teams know that Friday is potentially the last game of the season for them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I guess what would you pick as over-under? Uh, I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, I think it's going to okay. be a, a grittier game. I think, uh, you know, uh, it could go over if the Warriors just shoot them mm-hmm. out, out the park. 
Um, but I think it's going to be uh, a closer game. Warriors should take care of your business, but I don't think it's going to go uh, too up the wazoo. Yeah. Man, you're, you're great at this uh, Warriors analysis. So maybe uh, Warriors web zone you can start in the future. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Um, I like basketball and football. Uh, I choose football yeah, as, as a fan. Good job of it, I must say. So. I, can hold, I can hold it down for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, you want to give your pick? I'll yeah, I mean, just to bounce um, bounce off Justin's analysis here, I think uh, the over-under, um, they're going to be under here. And I think the, the final score is probably going to be around 110 to 105 mm -hmm. um, in that area. And I think the Warriors are going to go over um, on this. What is it, three and a half? Three and right a half, here. and we're at home. Yeah, yeah three, three and a half, half, half here. Mm -hmm. I just think the Warriors are just going to take care of business at home. Um, they're going to build a big lead as they usually do, um, and then maybe blow it a little bit um, in, the, in the second <laughs> half. Sure, but I, I do, I do think that they're going to build um, build their momentum from the Laker game and kind of um, bring it on Friday here. Um, that's just my take, and I think Curry's going to score probably around 37, 38 points. Um, this game here, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Right? Just another day, just another day in the another day in the ballpark. So yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, I mean, if they bring the same level of heart they showed in the Lakers game, I mean that they look hungry, right? I think that's one thing we didn't talk about is how hungry they looked compared to the Lakers, especially in the first half. I think the Lakers yeah. were sleeping on them a little bit, you know. But obviously, the Lakers turned it up in the second half, but. You know, we can maintain that level of intensity. Yeah, I think the three and a half is what I'm going with as well. I mean, I think this this time of year, the playoffs is going to be the same picks, right? <laughs> I'm going to go with the under as well. We hit the under on the Lakers game too, all right? No surprise. I think the over-under lines in general for the playoffs are set way too high, especially in the beginning of the playoffs because <laughs> everyone's trying to average out how this regular season does. But what people don't get or what Vegas doesn't really account for is that um, NBA uh, playoff games are typically more defensive, right? Like they're actually playing really hard. And that's the difference between the all-star game and the regular season game and the playoff game, right? In the all-star game, there's zero defense because obviously you don't want to get hurt. You want them, you don't care about winning, right? Regular yeah. season, you care about getting hurt. You try to play your best on defense, but you're not going to overextend yourself. But with a one-game series like this, you don't care if you get hurt because yep. this is it, right? It. So you're going to play lockdown defense. You're going to play hard. I mean, you saw LeBron, and they got really testy, right? They got really physical with each other because everything's on the line now, right? And that's why I think typically game sevens or game sixes, elimination games, it typically hits under. And then I think the Vegas accounts for it once it gets closer to the championship time. But this early – the unders use a good pick for all NBA series. So just my hot take there. All right. All right um, let's move on to my last pick since we have just the West Justin Wong here. Mm -hmm. So let's pick the NFC West. The odds for that came out. So right now, surprisingly, the Los Angeles Rams are favored. They're at plus 180, but the Niners are tied with them. Niners are also at plus 180. Seahawks are at plus 300, and then the Cardinals at plus 600. So, Justin, the way I want you to pick this is, one, which one would you go with, right? Like, in terms of just, like, odds aside, just pick. Yeah. And then second one is, what do you think has the best value out of those odds, right? If factory and the odds, what would you pick? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, not to be a homer, but, you know, if 
<laughs> looking at the looking at the odds and, and all, all things considered, you know, I, I think the Niners they have a halfway healthy season, uh, which has been kind of hard. Actually, it's been a it's a at the very minimum have a decent roster that doesn't have everyone decimated. Um, but all things considered, with what you currently have, they should win the division. Uh, if anything, uh, they might have gotten better in terms of depth. Uh, this, this upcoming year, I think a lot of it has to do. It's kind of contingent upon Nick Bosa and a couple other other people staying healthy. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I would pick them to win the division. Um, but in terms of value, I mean, as annoying as they may be, uh, they always stick around. Um, they have a really good quarterback in Russell Wilson. They have <laughs> Lockett. They have DK Metcalf. They just drafted mm-hmm. um, their number three receiver uh, in, in Eskridge. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and go with the Seahawks at, at plus 300. I, I'm, in my opinion, I'm not – I know a lot of people like the hype with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury mm-hmm. with, with the Cardinals, but um, I'm not a fan of Kingsbury, just the X's and O's of winning at the NFL level. I'm sure he'll win a couple games, but mm-hmm. um, you know, in comparison to all the other coaches, McVay, Shanahan, and, and Carroll, nowhere yeah. near the level uh, of competency – at the NFL level, yeah, um, even in college, right? I think even in college, he wasn't that great. I think that's why it was kind of a surprise hire when the Cardinals did pick him up because he wasn't he wasn't a great X's O's guys. He was a raw raw guy a little bit and kept the team together. He's area as hell, right? Yeah, <laughs> he looks like a coach, which I mean, a la Mike Nolan. Mike Nolan looks like a he could be a head coach, right? But I no, mean, I he, draw some comparisons with the two. He was hired because he might be the next. Second coming of Shanahan McVay. I get mm-hmm. it. The offensive, young-minded guru that can take mm-hmm. you to the next level. But I haven't seen it up to this point. And so in terms mm-hmm. of value, giving the Seahawks, because the Seahawks are always around. Uh, they might not mm-hmm. always win the division or be up, mm-hmm. up in there in the mix, but uh, they will remain a pesky contender in the NFC West. Okay, okay. Mike, what about you? What do you think? So, same thing, right? Who do you think will win, and what do you think is the best value of those odds? Yeah, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think the 49ers have the best overall talent on both sides of the ball um, here. And um, they they have one of the best coaching staffs um, as well. You know, the best bang for your buck, though, I would say, was probably picking Arizona, to be honest with you, <laughs> if I was a betting man. You know, just it's just because I think they have the best potential and they have the best odds for you, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just I see a lot of good potential out of Kyler Murray, to be honest. And I think they have an up and coming team. I thought they faded away way too soon um, last season. I think they should have made the playoffs um, this past season. They added um, who's that defensive end? AJ Watt. JJ Watt. Yeah, they was that was that the Cardinals? Yeah, they added yeah. Walt. JJ yeah, Watt, AJ Green. Yeah, AJ yeah. Green. Yeah, so they added some key pieces on both sides of the ball up here. Yes, they're aging veterans, but if they stay healthy, you know, they can do some damage out there. And I can see them, you know, sneaking into the playoffs and do and doing good. So what that's your you, high Jerry? value. So Cardinals is your high value pick and Niners yes. is your two win pick. Okay. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So I'm actually really surprised the Rams are favored. I think it's a little bit overrated because of Stafford. So, mm-hmm. or yeah. So I'm like, 
you know, whatever. But I have to agree with Mike, actually. <laughs> that was my sleeper pick was the Cardinals because at plus 600, I think you're getting huge value there because of what Mike said, all the pieces you're adding. Adding Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt solidifies their offense. I mean, if they lost Hassan Reddick, but he was fizzing out a little bit last season, right? And that's probably why they let him go. And, yeah, I think they're going to be contenders, at least from a value perspective. I think the Cardinals has a value there as far as who to win. Um, so I do want the Niners to win, right? Um, but I would have to agree with Justin is Seahawks are always up there. And Seahawks have been a great team, you know, and always been top of our division. So if between the two, I'll go a little bit different than you guys. I'll say the Seahawks um, takes it for the division. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's the show. So, Justin, do you want to plug your stuff and see where people can find you? Yeah, sure. So, you know, once again, thank you so much for having me on your guys' pod. I do a podcast myself. Um, yep. My name is Justin Wong, but I go by others as Just the West, an NFC West blog and podcast covering the all things NFC West. So, Niners, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams. Um, so I can be found in the same capacity as you guys on Spotify and, and on iTunes. Also, I have a blog, www.justthewest.com. And I'm also a, a key contributor for uh, another Niners-related um, website in NinersWebZone.com. Yep. Mm-hmm. When's the next episode coming out? I haven't seen uh, Just the West podcast come out in a while. So you, you, you know, releasing something soon? Or? I, I'm guilty, guilty <sighs> of cards. I've been meaning to. Uh, I've been a little bit more consumed with work and a couple other commitments. But I would love to have you guys on uh, on our podcast and have a little bit more fun, more intensive about the division for sure. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So follow us on uh, YouTube and Spotify and all everywhere you get your podcast. So the Yang and Tang show for YouTube and the MJ Sportscast. Um, so Mike, any last words? Any sign off words from you? No, I just want to thank Justin, you know, for coming on. You're slowly, you know, becoming a, a regular guest <laughs> on here. Definitely. And yeah, hopefully we can do like a live um, kind of recording. I think that would be pretty fun um, here. Just kind of yeah. talking sports and, you know, having a beverage. And I yeah. think it would be a good time. I would love adult beverages in the plural. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have a treat together, watch the games. You know, like, it'll be it'll be a good time. We can uh, t- stream that as well. I think we'll, it'll be fun to see, uh, 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 you know, like a tipsy uh, all three of us talking about football. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. right now we're so proper, but a little, anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Justin, for coming on the show, and that's the show for today. Thank all you, right. everyone. For Appreciate watching. it, guys. All right. Take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to the MJ Sportscast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the MJ Sportscast at Mike408 at MindOfJerry11. Tune in next week for another exciting episode.